So my mum has recently sold my family home, the house that I grew up in. Um, and as we were going through all our stuff, we kept on finding all of these things. I don't know if you've ever had to go through all of your childhood possessions, but it's an incredibly overwhelming experience to find yourself in. There's so many things. Uh, the volume of stuff that you find is, is insane. All of these old toys and things that you kept for um, a long time and all of your old school things. And there were so many things that I found that was really exciting to find again. Some of them I was thinking, why in the world did I think I needed that? Like three, four years of physics notes. I don't know why I thought that I needed to keep those, but I have them. So, you know, if anybody needs some GCSE physics notes from about 13 years ago, then I am the one to come to. Um, and as I, as I was going through all of this stuff, I was remembering what it was like to live in that house, what it was like to grow up there, and, and all of the things I was remembering. And um, the house is, is, is in the countryside, so it's pitch dark outside, absolutely pitch dark, no street lights anywhere. And I was remembering that when I was little, I was really scared of the dark. Um, as a young child, I had a very overactive imagination. In fact, I still do have an overactive imagination. But as a child of the 90s, so I was raised on Goosebumps and, and Round a Twist, um, Stephen King novels. I had a real thing for Stephen King novels at one point. So I kind of wasn't helping myself. For someone that was scared of the dark, uh, I, I, I went down the route of like the scary things, probably a little, a little too much. Also very jumpy, much to the delight of my older brother. In fact, I still am very jumpy, so I give a very good reaction if you want to scare me. The house that I grew up in was um, quite big. It was drafty, loads of dark corners upstairs. And my parents, like a lot of Northern Irish parents, seemed obsessed with saving electricity. Obsessed! Turning all the lights off was like their favourite activity. Woe betide you if you dared to turn on the lights for anything not justifiably necessary. And so it became that my expedition to my bedroom at night morphed into some sort of epic trek. It began with bracing myself at the kitchen door, racing as fast as I could upstairs and scrambling to find the light in my room because I wasn't allowed to turn the lights on and I was scared of the dark. I don't know if you can relate to any of that. Maybe it's slightly extreme. Who knows? Maybe I'm even exaggerating for the purposes of this story. But I was scared of the things that my childish imagination told me dwelt in the dark. Like the monsters and the ghosts and the noises in the night. I didn't believe in any of them, of course, but that little inkling of fear was still there. And then I would go to church and I would hear sometimes, not very often, but sometimes about this ghost that people told me was real. I mean, granted, they didn't talk about him that much, but every now and again, you would hear about this thing called the Holy Ghost. And I was just like, no way, that is not cool. I am not okay with that. Thank goodness that they didn't talk about him that much. So it meant it was easier for me just to just to ignore that bit, you know, relegate that to the pile of weird Christian things that I don't need to bother with. I don't know if anyone else has got one of those piles. Maybe you have. The Holy Ghost. What a weird name. What a weird name. It goes by another name as well. More often, we hear him being spoken about as, as the Holy Spirits, which is a little less old school. 
maybe still a little bit weird for some of us. Holy Spirit has been described by writers, theologians, thinkers as the forgotten member of the Trinity, the least understood, the one that we sometimes ignore because we're just a bit unsure. But in the Bible, in the Bible, Jesus describes the Holy Spirit. He uses words like friend and, and helper and truth bringer and, and counselor. That's quite a dichotomy, isn't it? This thing that, that we are so often nervous about and scared of, Jesus describes in the most beautiful way as friend and as helper. And I don't know about you, but I need that. I, I need a helper. I want a, a friend. In the account of Jesus' life written by John, he says, he says this, I will ask the Father, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. And then he goes on to say, you know him, you know him, what assurance, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So here at Central, you'll hear us speak about, pray to, reference Holy Spirit quite a lot. And, and some of you will be 100% on board with that and totally get it. So you can just nod along enthusiastically for the rest of this. That would be great. But that doesn't always mean that everyone here will understand what we mean or who we're talking to. Because we get the Jesus bit, don't we? We get the Jesus bit, that bit we can understand. And, and the father thing, well, we at least have a frame of reference for that, whether helpful or unhelpful. We have some way of understanding what that could mean. But the Holy Spirit is one of those things that we're just not sure of. He seems more mythical than the others somehow, more fluid Maybe we've even heard about some things um, that Holy Spirit does. And, and we'd rather hold all that at, at arm's length. So tonight I want to shed some light on the Holy Spirit. I won't be able to cover everything. Don't expect me to. But one of the, one of the things um, that we think here is, is that when, when we speak about things in church, it's, it's kind of like we're just opening the door. Do you know we don't get the whole room? We just open the door to engage with a part of the Bible or a particular issue or a topic, something to think about. And then our invitation becomes that we step into the room. So that's what we're doing tonight. We're opening the door to Holy Spirit. If you've got a Bible with you, I'm going to read a few verses from the book of Romans, a book called Romans in the New Testament, which is at the end of your Bible. It's an epic letter. Romans is this epic letter written to the church in Rome, funnily enough. And I'm going to read a little section from, the, from chapter 5. I'm going to read the first five verses of that. It's going to be on the screen behind me as well so you can see that. It says this. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, which just means set right or made right, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just peace with ourselves or, or peace with others, but that's, that's peace with the ultimate. Peace with God. 
through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. We are fully welcomed into grace, not to grovel for and and hope that we get it, but to stand confident in. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, which is a bit of a reality check for us. Things won't always be easy, but listen for this perspective. We glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Another translation says it does not disappoint. Why? Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And there's our guarantee. See, God's love for us is not just something that we're meant to know about or believe in. It's not just something to observe or or give examples of. God's love for us is something that he wants us to experience in the deepest and fullest possible way. He proved it to us. He proved his love to us through Jesus dying in our place and ushering in a new way of living and engaging with God. And and then crucially, he continues to prove it to us through the Holy Spirit. God's love has been poured into our hearts. And that word poured in in the original Greek text it's in the perfect tense so what it means really is is something like it has been and so now is poured it has been and it so now is poured so the initial outpouring of God's love for us remains a permanent flood. That initial outpouring remains a permanent flood and its conduit, the one doing the pouring, is Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is the primary way through which God wants us to know beyond shadow of a doubt that he loves us. Do you know, it's not just a one-time thing. The Holy Spirit is given to us and they're not taken away. So this experience and this deep knowledge of God's love for us becomes something that is constant and ongoing and available. If Holy Spirit is the one who helps us know that God loves us and then equips us to live in that love, then we need to get to know him. So here's a a whistle-stop tour of Holy Spirit. First off, Holy Spirit is a person. Someone, not something. He is not a utility at our disposal. He is not a force that we can either avoid or employ. This is not like Star Wars spirituality. Holy Spirit is not our, our spiritual lightsaber, I, uh, I confess I have never actually seen Star Wars um, because, you know, they're just, they're really long. They're just really long and very confusing because it's like the old ones are are more recent and the new ones kind of come before. 
I don't get it. It's very confusing. And I also don't care enough. So actually, that might be an inaccurate reference. But I liked it, so I kept it in. Um, I did actually meet you, McGregor once, which is a bit of a name drop for you there, but um, I, I didn't tell him that I hadn't seen Star Wars. Uh, too often in the church, it seems that we have limited the Holy Spirit to being the power that makes stuff happen or that makes things interesting. In fact, we become more interested in, in what he does rather than who he is. Holy Spirit is a person and we need to treat him as such. Because when we recognize him as a person, as, as God, in fact, all his attributes begin to make sense. Because we view his power through his personhood. And it becomes then as it always should have been, wrapped up in relationship. It is a relational thing so if holy spirit is is a person equal with with father god and with jesus then it stands to sense that we can have a relationship with him he is a person with whom we can have a relationship because the thing is he knows us just as well as jesus does and he loves us just as much as the Father does. He longs for a relationship with us. How do we know God's love in our, in our lives, in every season and circumstance? Through the Holy Spirit. When you have known God's love, when you have been aware of the love of God in your life, It has been through the Holy Spirit. Whether you know it or not, it has always been through him. Our experience of God's love has come to us through the Holy Spirit. And as everything else shifts and changes for better or for worse in our world and in our lives, his presence, his outpouring of God's love into our lives doesn't change. It has been. And it so now is. He desires a relationship with us. So we need to get to know him. You want to get to know someone? What do you do? Well, there's lots of things you might do. You might do uh, some subtle social media stalking. Probably best not to go there. But the best way to get to know someone is to talk to them. It's like relationships 101. So the best way to get to know Holy Spirit is to talk to him. You can pray to Holy Spirit. Of course you can. We use lots of words whenever we pray. Sometimes we we pray to Jesus and and other times we pray to the Father. We use Father. Sometimes we use Lord and we're kind of not sure which one that applies to. And sometimes we pray to God, which is kind of all three. So you can pray to Holy Spirit. You can address him. Something that really helped me here 
very, very simply, was to take the the out. And it might jar a little at first. It might even feel a little bit odd. But you know what? You get used to it. So I started calling him Holy Spirit rather than referring to him as the Holy Spirit. Addressing him directly as we would with Jesus, as we do with Father God. Recognizing Holy Spirit as a person with whom I could have a relationship was was huge for me. I, I grew up in in a really wonderful church, but honestly quite a traditional one, and and there was no real mention of Holy Spirit. I I didn't really know about him. I certainly never talked to him. I'm pretty sure you weren't allowed to do that. So it wasn't until later in my life that that I began to understand Holy Spirit. And and as I began to understand him more, I realized realized lots of things. But one thing I realized was that his presence with me was something that he allowed me to feel tangibly. Something I could feel tangibly within me. And as I recognized and realized that association... I realized that actually that was something I had experienced my entire life. That sense, that feeling, that presence that I was learning to associate with Holy Spirit was something I had always known. I just didn't know that it was him. Which totally floored me because I realized that all my life, Holy Spirit had been faithful to me. present with me, even when I didn't know who he was, even when I made no move to know him or experience him, he was faithful to me. Holy Spirit is faithful to us, far beyond and not dependent on the extensions of our own faith. He is faithful to us. I like to think that uh, I'm pretty good at giving gifts. I realize that that sounds like I'm uh, blowing my own trumpet and I am, in fact, I am blowing my own trumpet because when I say pretty good, what you should actually hear is great. I am, I'm great at giving gifts. I really am. I'm an excellent gift giver. And I know, I know that it's not a competition, I understand that, I do, but if I'm in some sort of like birthday scenario and someone outgifts me, it's a very hard pill for me to swallow. I uh, do not enjoy that at all um, because I love giving gifts and I love gifts that have a really deep meaning. And I also, coupled with that, have a freakishly good memory for seemingly useless information and any in facts. So if I see something that someone I know will love because of some random conversation that we had like a year ago where they referenced that one tiny detail, then I will usually buy it for them because I really love giving gifts. I'm just, it's just so selfless, you know? Oh, what a cross to bear. God is also amazing at giving gifts, except he is allowed, he's allowed to outgift me. That. I will concede to. 
But God is amazing at giving gifts. And Holy Spirit has been given to us. That's what it said in that passage in Romans. The Holy Spirit who has been given to us. He is a gift to us and a good gift at that. One that we can receive. And then as if that's not enough. Holy Spirit is not only a gift to us. But he is also the gift giver. The Bible seems to show us this pattern in the character of God that when he loves, he gives. For God so loved that he gave. Which shows us then that somewhere in the essence of loving is giving. And you know, the gifts that Holy Spirit gives us, they have sometimes, they sometimes got a bit of a bad rap. They really have. Sometimes we're cool with all of them and and we want them in total abundance and we're like, yeah, I'll have them all. And then other times it's like we're ordering off a menu and we're kind of like, ah, so I'll have, yeah, a good portion of the gift of faith. That would be great up for that. Maybe like a little bit of prophecy because that's always kind of encouraging. People say nice things. And, but you know what? Just leave the tongues if that's good. Don't really want that one. Not sure. Yeah, the gifts that Holy Spirit gives us are sometimes a little bit weird. It is good to just recognize that, get it out in the open. But you know, if we were really to analyze all the things that we do here and elsewhere because we're following Jesus against a measuring stick of what the world thinks is normal, I don't think that much of it would come up as normal. Buy a house in the not very nice neighborhood where the people um, are, are not your sort of people because God has called you to love them. Give away lots of money to random causes that are doing amazing things, but it means that you might be a little short yourself. Give of your time on the weekend when you're tired and you've had a long week. Spend some time with that person who's a little bit awkward. You don't really like them that much, but somehow God has got a hold of your heart and called you to love them. None of those things are normal. Not all of the gifts that Holy Spirit gives us are normal by the world standards. But that doesn't mean to say that they aren't good or right or useful or or necessary. Some of the gifts the Holy Spirit gives us are a bit weird. And he himself is also a bit unpredictable. Sometimes he comes in a quiet whisper in the midst of the distracting winds of our lives. Other times, it's tongues of fire landing on people's heads. And unfortunately, regardless of where you find yourself on the conservative to charismatic scale, we don't get to choose which one we like best. We don't get to pick the one that we want to experience because he decides and he is fully in both. And you know, that is where his personhood and his love for us becomes so crucial. 
Because if he was a removed force from us, or if we treated him as such, then that would be incredibly dangerous and volatile. But he is not. He is a person who knows us and who loves us, who gives us gifts, gifts that are full of purpose and possibility, gifts that bless us, but that also bless our friends and our family and our communities and our church and other churches. He is both a gift to us and a giver to us, the gift and the giver in one. He's so generous. Holy Spirit is is a cultivator as well. The Bible talks about the gifts that he gives, but also about the fruit that he grows. Uh, Things like, like love and joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, kindness, self control. And these, these are the ones we like, right? These are the ones that we like because it's hard-pressed to find a reason not to want more of them in your life, yeah? But generally, we kind of limit them to our own standards, our own parameters of these characteristics. When in fact, the, the fruits of Holy Spirit grown in our lives are a sign of us growing to maturity in our faith, A mature fruit tree yields a mature crop, which is luscious and full of flavour. But you know, it's not without its trials to get there. Pruning and tending and weathering the storm and the seasons. Sounds a little bit like life, doesn't it? Holy Spirit desires to see our lives full of this kind of fruit, But, you know, it won't often be like we expect it to be. It won't often look like what we want it to look like. Because it's not our fruit. It's his. It is not limited to or defined by human understanding. It comes from God. He gives us a part of himself. It is spiritual and it grows us into being more like Jesus. So the love that Holy Spirit grows in our lives, it will extend to the people and the places that we might not want to love. Peace will grow where peace should have no place. Joy will be present in the most unexpected of places. Kindness and goodness and gentleness to ourselves when we least deserve it. And to others when we know they definitely don't. Holy Spirit, the cultivator, is is prepping us always and readying us. Tending the field so our lives can yield a crop of spiritual fruit that will radically change and transform us and those around us. Holy Spirit is a giver and and he is a cultivator. His gifts and his fruit, they go together because they're from the same person. 
his gifts, these, these gifts that we sometimes fear or sometimes hold above the giver himself, like prophecy and words of wisdom, the gift of tongues, they are laced with his very essence, with who God is. They're woven in and inextricable from his love and his peace and his gentleness. And his fruits, you know, they're not just nice sentiments. They don't just make us nice people, better people, easier to be around. His fruits of joy, peace, patience, they are filled to the brim and bursting at the seams with his power. Imagine if we began to view them like that. What possibility would be unveiled. Relationship with Holy Spirit, who loves us, who gives generously, and who grows us, and who sends us. Do you know, it's not, it's not like a special deluxe edition of the Christian life. Our experience of and our engagement with Holy Spirit is part and parcel of our outworking salvation. Therefore, he and all that he does and is cannot be ignored. Look at that passage in Romans that we read. It, it kind of reads like some sort of epic equation, except thankfully for the mathematically challenged among us, it has no numbers, so we can still participate. I mean, I am mathematically challenged, so I'm not even exactly sure if this is an accurate equation, but let's just go with it. You know, we're set right by faith. We're, we're justified, like Justin Timberlake. Get it? It's a great album set right by faith and we're justified and and, and that equals peace and, and grace and hope and ability to withstand sufferings which leads to perseverance and character and a, and a bit more hope because you can never have too much and no shame and it's all neatly tied up together through this all-encompassing love of God which is poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. We need to get to know him. So maybe you know, maybe you're sitting here tonight and you realize, wow, I have ignored the Holy Spirit for whatever reason, for a long time. Maybe you were up for this stuff once, but not so much anymore. And it could be weariness, it could be a bad experience, could just be disillusionment. I think what he would want to say to you tonight is that he has remained faithful to you. He's been faithful to you throughout all of that. When you have not known him by default or by upbringing or by choice, he has remained faithful and always will. But you know, there is no fulfillment whenever you live like strangers in the same house. So perhaps tonight the call is for you to get to know him for the first time, really, or, or again. He loves you. He's for you. He loves you because he is God. And God is love, complete He has good gifts for you and things that he wants to grow in you. He has not given up on you. He loves the beautiful mess. 
He is unafraid of your own fear or trepidation. He will not hold himself back from you just because you're a bit unsure or a bit wary. So, so choose tonight to leave fear behind. You can trust Holy Spirit. He is fully trustworthy. He is not a renegade or a troublemaker. Will that always be comfortable? Of course not. If you're looking for a comfortable life, I don't think that exists. Don't let fear stop you from getting to know the friend and the helper. Perhaps, perhaps you're right at the beginning of this journey. Maybe you're newer to faith. Maybe you've just started coming back to church or coming around church for the first time. You're just getting to know God. You're just getting to grips with all of this stuff. Well, this is for you too, because you don't graduate to Holy Spirit. You don't have to prove yourself for a few years and then you get to experience this stuff. You don't graduate to the Holy Spirit. You can have him now. You have him now. We all need this helper and this friend and this truth bringer and this generous gift giver to help us understand this love that God has for us. This love that has been poured out for us and into us always and forever. So we're going to spend some time now just just waiting on him. And the reason we do that is because that's what Jesus told his friends to do in the Bible. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to do what Jesus has told us to do. We're going to spend some time waiting on him. Some of that will be in silence. Some of it the the band will play and, and, and lead us a little bit. We're just going to leave this space. To see what Holy Spirit wants to do. Focus our attention on him. And it might help you in this time if you want to posture yourself in a different way. Perhaps perhaps you want to hold out your hands as a sign of saying, yes, I want more of you. I want to know you tonight. Or you might just want to say a quiet yes in your heart. doesn't matter what you do. know that there is something of Holy Spirit here tonight for you to engage with and he longs to get to know you and for you to know him so we're just going to wait on Holy Spirit now and maybe share some things I'm going to leave this space free for him to come and presence himself with us